You see, a city doesn't just happen, it's built. Are you getting And so there were cities. So is it that God didn't like the city? And let us make us a name. Selfishness. A self-centered basis of decisions always will have the influence of Satan in it. What good, what, what goodness will be? This is the city of God. This is his mind. This is the mind of God. This is how heaven really is like. When nobody is selfish, thinking of his own thing, let me protect myself first before I know nothing like that. Everyone is a sacrifice, a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. He said that is what is holy and acceptable unto God. Not this one that, he said, he that tries to save his life will lose it. But he that loses his life for my sake, he said he will get real life. The Lord loveth the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are spoken of thee, O city of God. Salah. We are the city of God. He said glorious things, beautiful things are spoken of you, O city of God. He calls it Zion. Zion. Oh, Kamina Sombrehidafah. What a city. A city where God is king. It's not a city where Nimrod is king. It's a city where God is king. Oh, hallelujah. When the righteous rule, the city rejoices. The righteous is ruling. And we are rejoicing. This is our month of joy. Yeah, yeah. It's our month of joy. If any man be in Christ, this is Zion. We are from God. We hail from God. We came from the material that he is of. And as long as we operate in the spirit, we will override all the influence of the city of Babel. We will override them completely. But if we keep quiet, it will have sway in the lives of men. It will determine, darkness will determine what should happen in our city, not on our watch. But he had come on to Mount Zion. He didn't say you will come. He didn't say you are coming. He said you have come. You have come on to Mount Zion. You are unkillable. You are undiable. Are you getting me? The life of God is in you. Where we come from, we cannot be broke. Where we come from, we cannot be sick. We have come not to learn their ways, but to superimpose the character of our kingdom. Glory to God. Say, I'm not of this world. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne, eternal King of all, King of glory. Your name echoes throughout the ages, accompanied with praise. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne, eternal King of all, King of kings and Lord of lords, exalted. Above all, holy God, righteous judge, King of kings and Lord of all, King of kings and Lord of all. 
exalted above all. You're the holy God. You are the righteous Lord. Your King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, there's no one like you in all the earth. You are our king forever. And your reign is righteous. Your rule is good. We thank you for the opportunity to know you and to be known of you, to be loved by you, to be taught by you, to walk in your way. Thank you for giving us your light to live by. Thank you for giving us your spirit. To will and to do in us. And Lord we've gathered again in your name. Because we love your word. We love the brethren. We love you. And so we know that even as we fellowship by the Holy Ghost together. We'll be upgraded again. And the glory will increase. And we will not be the same again. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. No, say amen like you mean it. All right, go ahead and take your seats. Now, I started sharing a message, a series on Sunday a week ago. Not this just past Sunday, but two Sundays ago. And it was the revelation of two cities. And I was supposed to take it on Sunday, but we had several things going on in the service. So we'll continue tonight. And uh, it's quite a... Since it's Wednesday, I'm going to go as far as I can, but I only have a few minutes. But you know, Wednesday services, you've got to be, you've got to have some information, some prior information. Because we assume that you love the word of God. And so you've gone advanced stages of the word. Praise God. So are you ready? Say that to anybody, are you ready? What do they say? We read a scripture in Hebrews 11 where he said, Abraham looked for a city. You remember that? He looked for a city whose builder and maker is God. That's interesting from the start. Why? Because if he's looking for a city, whose builder and maker is God, and it means that the ones that existed were not built by God. Right? They weren't made by God. They were not his idea. It was built by men. Not built by God. But Abraham was looking for one. He said that had foundations. And I told you the Greek meaning of that word there or the meaning of the Greek word that was used there, is first principles. He said he was looking. That means he had a thought in his mind that didn't exist, but God had revealed to his heart that existed elsewhere. Because in the cities that he had lived in, there was wickedness. There was um, ineffectiveness. Things just didn't work the way they were supposed to work. When you read that scripture that Jesus quoted saying, I have said that ye are gods. Preceding that verse, he talks about how the foundations of the earth are out of place. So the principles that govern were out of place. 
So he was then telling them, but I have told you that you are gods and all of you are my children. Then he says, but you will die like men and fall like one of the princes. Hallelujah. All right. So if you looked for a city whose builder and maker was God, did it really exist? Where did it exist? Praise God. But before we go into that, in building a city, there are specific things that are required. People don't just build cities. Cities are developed um, around things. Or else if you don't plan your city, it's going to be a poor city. It's going to be a city of struggle and hardship. So you think about it for a moment. What are the major things that when people are forming a city, they should think about? Number one, food. There should be food in that place. When I say food, I don't mean yet even processed. I'm talking about what is the raw material for the food that people are going to eat, are going to consume. If you have a city and for miles and miles, each way, <laughs> there is no food. Well, you started wrong. You're going to be in trouble. It's, and it's going to be a poor city because you're going to have to import everything. Right? You're going to have to import everything. So food is very important. Having farmlands in that place would be very important. So that farming can take place. There can be wheat. There can be different things that men eat. If everywhere is concrete... <laughs> It's the wrong place. No farmlands, wrong place. The second is water. Right? <laughs> you build a city without water. Oh my goodness. Imagine a city without water. You have to have some water body very close to that city or in that city. Praise God. Without water, mm -mm. you can live without food longer than you can live without water. All right? Water is of extreme importance. In fact, some, they've coined that phrase, water is life. It really is true. It's from the Bible. <laughs> they came across it by observation that, man, if we don't have water, we die. But God already said it. Praise God. The last thing. Of course there are other things. But I said these are three major things that a city would require. The final thing is resources. Resources. If you don't have resources. That is going to again be a poor city. It's going to be a poor city. There's going to be a lot of struggle again. There have to be resources. Some form of resources. Whether natural minerals or something that somebody needs. That is of economic value. If not, there are several cities which are struggling because they weren't planned. They happened. 14 out of the 15 largest cities in the world have all of these. They're a few kilometers from the sea and have other water bodies. They have food. <laughs> so if you see a place that is struggling, it's because it wasn't well planned. Somebody moved. Then others joined. And all of them were not thinking. <laughs> they, they didn't think about <laughs> how, 
How will we be sustained? They only came with what they had. <laughs> they didn't plan anything. <laughs> they just showed up. <laughs> so fight will start. Because what this one came with is what he has. And since he has that, we all want it. So everyone is going to fight for it. Hallelujah. So these are three major things that any city requires. So if God has a city of necessity, these three major things should also be there. Do you agree? Yeah. I'm going to share with you on Sunday about five major cities that the Bible talks about and for a reason. All right? So, let's get into the scriptures now. First Corinthians chapter 10. Let's read from verse 1. Praise God. All right. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant. Can we have it in the NIV so that the language is a bit easier? For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Now read this, one to go. They all ate what? Now, it's a spiritual food. What you've got to understand is that the city of God, the Bible says, God is spirit. And then when you read in John 3, he says, whatsoever is spirit, or whatever is spirit is born of the spirit. Whatever is flesh is born of the flesh. So, if it's God who has a city, it will first be spiritual. You get it? Because God is spirit. So it's going to be spiritual. The city will be spiritual. And so all that comes with the city will also be what? Spiritual. So all these three major things that we're going to talk about are spiritual things. He said they all ate the same spiritual food. You might think he's talking of manna. But manna was physical. It came from heaven. But it was physical. They used it to make different things. Bread. Different things that they used it to make. So it was a physical thing. But of spiritual origin. Glory to God. So the spiritual food that he's talking about is his word. Because the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 18, I'm just giving the chapters because I don't want us to go there necessarily. That man shall not live by bread alone, but he lives by every rema, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Praise God. So God's word is food for your spirit. And there is an abundant supply of his word. Peter says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word of God that you may grow thereby. Severally, the word of God is described as food. So in our city, there is such food you've never seen before. Available always. <laughs> so the first one is sorted. There is food in our city. No lack of food. He said they all ate the spiritual food. So, 
The Lord fed them with words. He nourished them with words. Glory to God. All right. Let's go on. I said the next thing is what? Water. He said, and they drank the same spiritual drink. There was water. I read that scripture to you from Psalms where he said, there is a city. The streams thereof shall make glad its dwellers. There's a, there's, a, there's a water that flows through our city. It's built around this water. What is this water? The spirit. The spirit of God. There is water. He said until the spirit be poured up upon us from on high and the wilderness become a fruitful field and the fruitful field be counted for a forest. He's the, he's the rain of God. He's the water of God. And then in the New Testament it says to us, out of your belly shall flow in the city. Everybody has water. And it's a water that will never run dry. It's a water that is a fountain of itself. He said the water will become a fountain in you, producing water in perpetuity. He said into eternity. This water just keeps flowing. In our city, there is water. You say that to your neighbor. In our city, there is water. We don't lack water. Everything is green. Green everywhere. Because there's water. He said, you are like the tree that is planted by the rivers of water. Whose leaves do not wither. They won't go dry. But in every season they prosper. Prospering every time. And you read in Jeremiah 17, 17. He said that, you know, this tree that is planted by the rivers of water. He said his roots grow deep into the water. He shall not see heat when it comes. There's a water. There's a water. There's a water. This is where our city is built. It's built around, you know, God's own is eternal. It doesn't finish. They have to be concerned. Even if they have food, it can finish. They have water, it can finish. Now the final one, resources. There's a scripture I want us to read in the Amplified Classic. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 8. Glory to God. Woo. Hallelujah. Alright. Now we're talking resources. Say that to your neighbor, just whisper it very resources. All right. To me, though I am the very least of all the sins, God's consecrated people, this grace, favor, privilege was granted and graciously entrusted to proclaim to the Gentiles the unending, boundless, fathomless, incalculable, and exhaustless riches of Christ, wealth which no man, no human being could have searched this is the resources of our city beyond gold beyond oil beyond beyond diamonds it's one city that has everything it has wealth inexhaustible you can't finish it they are concerned about oil reserves being depleted not in this place resources that are inexhaustible resources that are incalculable no one can calculate how much is actually there. My goodness. And then when he now describes the actual heavenly city, he said the streets are made of gold. Man. Whew. They're not just the streets. You go down, you dig down. It's different minerals. Make up. My goodness. The, the city itself is just made of gold. When they were building streets in this city, they used asphalt. Don't you see them working every, after every winter? You see black lines again. It keeps cracking. They keep putting. keeps spoiling. But when our daddy was making streets, he made it with gold. Gold streets. This is where we come from. Where things don't finish. 
Alright. Now, that's just to let you know that this is a city that is established. Oh. <laughs> we have come unto Mount Zion. And unto the city of the living God. This city has been in existence longer than you can think. You see, it's a city that has been the envy of many. And that's why I said I will teach you about the five cities. Praise God. Because it was always God as king and his people. You remember in the Old Testament how Elisha was um, to be captured by soldiers that were sent by a king. And his servant was concerned. What are we going to do? It's just two of us. And look at how many soldiers. Then he said, God, open this young man's eyes that he may see that those that are with us are more than those that are with them. And when his eyes were open, what did he see? An innumerable company of angels surrounding the mountains that, wow, we are not alone. It looked like they were alone. <laughs> but in the spirit where it mattered, they were not alone. They were surrounded. It was these people who were surrounded, not the other way around. And what I like about that story is he doesn't say God open our eyes so we can see that you are with us. No, he's an open is the man had there's a place he was operating from. He saw things differently. He just knew God didn't have to open his eyes to see anything. He lived there. In his mind, he says, Oh, I feel sorry for these guys. <laughs> he was so confident of where he's from. And this is what God tells us that. The city was not made um, when we came. It has been, we entered in. You see, and we were born there. Oh, glory to God. All right, all right, all right, all right. Now, let's move over to another side. I just have a few more minutes. In any um, nation, country, city, there is government. Right? There's government. You have the legislature. Or oh, let's start. We have the executive. Right? You have the legislature. Then you have the judiciary. These are the three arms of government that any group of people who are serious would require. Are you getting me? For example, in our city, who is the executive? I'm sorry? In our city. In the city, in the city. Oh, Calgary, Calgary here. It's the mayor. Every, every, every city, every province, every nation would have these three. All right? So it's the mayor. Then you have the legislative body. That are the MLAs and so on. Then you have the judiciary, you have the courts. Now, so let's, let's talk about it for a moment that what do these three do? What is the responsibility of the executive? The executive is the manager of the city. He takes over management of the city. That means he's going to provide services, different things. He's going to manage the resources. So there has to be um, something for him to manage. Are you getting me? And all of this, he manages, he rules under the auspices of laws that have been brought about by the legislature. So there are laws that govern things. Alright? Laws that are in play. And then the judiciary are the ones that determine what should be. They bring forth judgments, determining this is what should happen. These are the three arms of government. Now I want to tell you something. All of these were copied from somewhere. So, the executive in the city that we are from is the king. 
The legislature is the priest. The judiciary is the prophet. You're wondering, right? Okay. <laughs> now, for you to be a consummate man, you must be all these three. Praise God. You must be all three to be the consummate man because number one, Jesus, the Lord, was all these three and he is all these three. You remember? Number one, he is king of kings and lord of lords, the executive. He is our high priest after the order of Melchizedek. That is the legislature. Then the Bible prophesied in the book of Acts. No, it's mentioned in the book of Acts, but prophesied in Numbers. How that there was a prophet that God was going to raise. Moses said that. There's a prophet that God is going to raise from among you. And you must listen to him. And the one that will not listen to him will be cut off. Jesus is a prophet. He is all three. I can give you the scriptures. I'm just moving quite fast. But maybe I should leave you to do the research. I think it should be a research. It should be fun. What do you think? Oh, you don't think so? Well, since you didn't respond, go and do your own homework. <laughs> Praise God. All right. But let's look at something I said. The consummate man must be all three of this. In a city, this is required, or else, how would the city be if there's no executive, there's no legislature, there's no judiciary? How would it be like? Glory to God. Another person who has all three of this is David. David was a king, he was a priest, he was a prophet. Did you know that? All right, let me read some scriptures for you on this one. So this one, I'll help you. The other one, you'll go and calculate. David as a prophet, because you know him as a king. He's King David. You know that. So I'm not going to give you scriptures on that. Acts chapter 2, verse 29. Give it to me in the King James. All right. It says, men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David that he is both dead and buried and his sepulcher is with us unto this day therefore being what David was a prophet glory to God all right let me give you where he is operating as a priest second Samuel 6 and verse 14 second Samuel 6.14 And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was girded with a linen effort. Only the priest wore the linen effort. He put aside his kingly robe for that time. Put on the linen effort. Became a priest before God. Why? Because from his lineage. His lineage had to be his dynasty had to be an eternal dynasty. So whatever he was, Christ was going to be. Yeah. So David is still king when he comes back. Did you know that? Yeah. But he, he's an, ah, David is amazing. He had this revelation of God and this is what happens in your life. I said, you've got to be the consummate man. In our, in our city, everyone must be a king, a priest, a prophet. So go to Revelation chapter 1 verse 5 and 6. Glory to God. Can you read it please one to go? All right, let's start again. One to go.
Read that six. Okay. Let's go. One to go. How can you read it like that though? I'm, I'm, I'm amazed at you. And has made us. <laughs> Who is he talking about here? My goodness. Did you know that you were a king? And a priest? Now let me tell you a few things. Let me tell you a few things. What is the responsibility of the priest? The priest again. I told you the priest is what? The legislature. You remember that? This is not school. Don't worry. Uh, just remember it for the sake of what we are talking about. Praise God. A priest. A priest. A priest. A priest. A priest. Operates the laws. You see, he is the law giver. Praise God. He is a law giver. And I want to tell you something. In our kingdom, there's something slightly amazing. That two words don't really go. Excitingly amazing. <laughs> oh, glory to God. The priest has a responsibility of transmuting transmogifying transforming physical things into spiritual things every city when you when you check in the olden days in biblical times they had priests did you ever hear about the priest of Midian there were priests why the the, the priest is a gatekeeper He stands between two worlds. He brings what is natural into the supernatural. So he offers up sacrifices unto God. So he takes physical sacrifices. When they get into his hands, they become spiritual. He, he has a way of transferring, transmuting, metamorphosizing, changing those things. That were physical into spiritual. So he's able to take it from one realm into the other. Glory to God. A priest is able to do this. So you are to do this. Did you know that? All right. Let's read that scripture. First Peter 2 and verse 5. Let's read it very quickly because time is gone. Want to go? I built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up. <laughs> Did you know you are a priest? You are in a priesthood in the order of Melchizedek. You, you are an eternal priest. Because you're born after the Lord Jesus Christ. So you are able to transfer what was, this is what you do with your finances. Did you know that? You, you give substance, but in your hand, it's not like in the hand of men. In your hand, it goes from physical substance. To spiritual importance. Spiritual value. It crosses over. Even though it was finances. It crosses over into something else of value to God. Just like the animals. Was God eating the animals? He wasn't. But every time. The smoke of that thing went up. The Lord was pleased. Are you getting what I'm... You have the ability to transfer... Oh, I don't know if you're getting me. Physical material. I, ha I haven't given you any points because I, the time. But I'm going to give you some points in, on Sunday. But let's talk now about the prophet. Did you know you're also a prophet? No, I'm not saying you are in the ministry office of a prophet. But you were born that way. You were born a prophet. So you can prophesy. But 
what is the responsibility of the prophet? The priest takes from here to there. The prophet brings from there to here. Come on, are you getting it? <laughs> I said that the, 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 the prophet determines what should happen. He is the judiciary. He said to execute the judgment written. He brings forth what has already been decided. Uh, uh -huh. Are you getting it? So you can determine what should happen in your life. You're a prophet. You bring words. He said, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the remor of God. It was framed by prophets. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. The prophet is a gatekeeper. He stands also between two worlds. He stands here. The priest stands there. He is taking something in there. The prophet is bringing something from there into this world. So it doesn't look like the thing exists. No. If the prophet is there, just leave him. You are about to see something. Something is about to happen that hasn't happened before. He's going to bring invisible into visibility. He will bring what didn't exist. He will genomize it. He will produce it into this world. And then finally, because of time, you're a king. You are the manager of God's resources. You're the one who's going to ensure that there's, you know, there's um, services in the city. Like the mayor does. Are you getting me? There are services. The roads are perfect. The schools are perfect. You are reigning by Christ. You are reigning. You are reigning. He said, they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. We were called to reign. We're called to manage these resources. We determine that this is what we're going to allocate here. This is what is going to happen in this city. This is not going to happen in this city. We're the ones who determine. You're a king. Say it. You're a priest. You're a prophet. Yeah. David was so because the city needed it. The Lord Jesus is so because Zion needs it. And you are so because Zion requires it. Our city exists right now. He said the kingdom of God does not come by observation. He said you will not say there it is or there it is. He said the kingdom is in your heart. As I stand here the kingdom is with me. And with these three. I live from there into this world. It was always supposed to be so. Why did the Midianites have priests? Why did the Egyptians have priests? They had all these working. They had a priest. They had a king. They had a prophet. Because it has always been the heavens and the earth. Are you getting it? It has always, and God made the heavens and the earth. And, the, the, and God made the new heavens and the new earth. It always goes together. So since there are two realms, two worlds, there have to be people who link both realms. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Don't worry, it's okay. Some of you, I don't know where you are. You know, whether you are, did we leave you like when we started? Imagine what life will be. He said, by the blessing of the upright, the city. So we carry from there and bring into this realm. That is the only place we are to live. We can't live, we can't live like we, we are not from there. All our resources are from there. All our ability is from there. We never have to wonder how we're going to do something for God. If God asks us to do it, we do it from that place. You don't try to do it from here. It will fail. Nothing can happen from here for God. It has to happen from there. And Nimrod, when he was building Babel, was influenced greatly by fallen angels. I'll talk about that. All these cities have been in existence because there's a pseudo city produced by Satan. 
You remember, which one was it? Pergamos in Revelation where Jesus said, I know that Satan has his throne there. But where, where, where in the city would you go that you will see Satan on a throne? It was a spiritual city that Satan was ruling in. Are you getting me? But we're going to make sure that Jesus is king in Calgary. And the influence of his kingdom will influence every aspect of the city. This is why we're here. Programs like the healing streams, this is what it does. It brings this, this Holy Ghost stream into the nations and the cities and towns of this world. Wherever people are, this stream begins to flow. And what was dead comes alive. We are the life of the city because we are the carriers of water. We are the reservoirs of living water. That men are to drink from. Just lift up your hands to the Lord for a moment and worship him. Said the revelation of two cities. I hail from Zion. Always walk conscious of this. Walk conscious of this. Walk conscious of this. Hail from Zion. Come from Zion. Operate from Zion. Are you hearing me? You are not of this world. He told you. You are a city set on a hill. That cannot be hid. He calls it Mount Zion on the sides of the north. He calls it beautiful for situation. Do you know that I've told you the meaning of that before. Do you remember? Beautiful for situation. That, that phrase, beautiful. It means it's highly elevated. It's a prime location. In the city, that's the best location. Beautiful for situation. It's on an elevation. It's on a mountain. It sits on a mountain. So he said beautiful for situation. It means it's on this high elevation from there you can see all things and from everywhere you can see that thing it's there he said in the last days the mountain of the lord shall be established on top of the mountains this is what is happening it's called by many names it's called a beloved country it's called the mountain of the lord it's called the city of god all of it is talking about one thing it is the place that jesus the Lord Jesus is king. He reigns supreme. That is the city. From the beginning, this is what the Lord has wanted. Now, he was looking for all of us to be prophets, like Moses said. He said, I, he said don't be envious for me. Joshua was upset that there were people in the tents who were prophesying. Because the spirit of God had come upon them. And so he was jealous for Moses. And Moses said, no. He said, it's my desire that all God's children will be prophets. That has been fulfilled in you. You're a prophet. There are things that should happen in your world. That if you don't speak. It will remain the same. You must enforce what should be. What will be. Is up to you. Don't say what will be will be. You are the prophet there. If you don't bring it from that realm into this, this realm. Nothing will happen. You are the prophet. You are the gatekeeper. He said. Don't be conformed to this world. He's talking to you as a prophet. He said, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can, you can operate in your office. He says, so that you might what? Allow, prove. What is that good, acceptable and perfect will of God? You are to bring what God likes into this realm. He wants men to enjoy life. You bring it into this realm. He doesn't want men suffering. He doesn't want, look, listen, we know now more than we ever knew that wickedness has been at the helm of things talk about um talk about the health industry it truly had become an industry are you getting what i'm saying look at the pharmacia the large farmer um the big farmer what what they're producing is not to help anybody they're producing drugs that will never cure sickness because sickness is a business so how will they ever produce something? It's like what that man, Bill Gates, is doing. He's standing for vaccines for the purpose of killing. 
Think about it. And so everybody is welcoming him. He was welcomed even in Nigeria. Why is bringing vaccines to help, to help polio? They are going to end polio. Who brought it? I'll tell you a story. How his... Uh, anyway. There's some stories I want to tell you. Praise God. Hallelujah. But you know, because of that side. Just stand up, let's worship the Lord. Thank him for his word. It's a revelation of what the Lord has done in your life. You have a deeper understanding now. You are a priest. You are a prophet. You are a king. As a king, you are managing God's wealth in the earth. Go ahead and pray in the Holy Ghost now. You're going to act as a prophet right away. Go ahead and stir up yourself in the spirit. Let the words of the spirit well up in your spirit until they come out. Barado sombre idasa. Bila korodo veridis. Bila korodo veridis sombre dila. Bring some things from the invisible into the visible. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Did you learn something? We'll take it up to another gear on Sunday.